thank you again for coming, guys. I hope that you're having a good time at Apex Students. Um, tonight, we're continuing our series called Basic. And this has been a really fun series. We're talking about not the basic definition you may be familiar with, but the basics of Christianity. And we've we've gone through this. We do it every year and a half or so just so that we keep this stuff fresh because it can be easy to forget this stuff. Um, so we're talking about the basics, the foundations of Christianity. What does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to be a Christ follower? So that's what we're talking about. Two weeks ago, we started with worship. And I think that's really foundational to relationship with Jesus, understanding what worship is. And we use three questions. Why do we worship? When do we worship? And how do we worship? And the answers were, why? Because God deserves it. He's that good. He's that great to us. He deserves our worship. When? All the time. Despite whether you're having a good or bad day, God is still worthy of your worship. And how? In spirit and in truth. And that's straight from the Bible in the book of John. Uh, it talks about that That just means that we're worshiping genuinely. And it's a, it's a focus on God, an exchange of love where we pour out our love to God. And he meets us and he pours his love out on us. So those are that's the basic worship. And last week, we talked about the basics of a theological principle that is very advanced, and that's called the Trinity, the Holy Trinity. You may have heard that before. Uh, we talk about how God is one being in three persons. One being in three persons. And somebody described that last week as a one plus one plus one equals one. That's how God is Trinity. Trinity, the word means three one, tri-unity. So that's God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father, all of them equally God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. They're distinct and united, and it's confusing and a contradiction, and that's okay. We also talked about the forward lean of the Bible and how the whole Bible, God is talking about the next thing he's going to do. He's talking about the next way he's going to pour himself out, re- reveal himself to his people. And we talked about the sculpture, which is one of my favorite um, illustrations of the Trinity, and it's that a sculpture can understand the artist as well as we can understand God, because God created you and me, and the artist creates the sculpture, and so they can't understand, a piece of marble cannot understand the artist very well, because a, a human person is very complex, and a marble thing can't think very well, uh, and it's that distance away from us understanding God, and that's not an excuse not to think about God or try to understand God, but it's to show you, to comfort you, and say, hey, if you don't get God completely, that's okay, you never will, and uh, that's one of the reasons he's deserving of our worship, is because he's so big, he's so complicated and so much bigger than we are. That's the Trinity. So tonight we're going to talk about something a little bit uncomfortable, and I like that. I'm very excited about it. We're talking about money, and I love this. Uh, we're going to talk about why God wants your money, uh, what that's all about, what the Bible says about money. Um, what if we don't have any money? Um, that kind of stuff. Where do we get money? We're not going to talk about that, but you get a job. All right, so we're going to be talking about, uh, I like to preach pretty, so we're talking about these four things. The portion, the place, the purpose, and then a little plus section, uh, a little pinky action there. Um, that'll be, you'll see what, how it's coming. But portion, place, purpose, and then plus. Money actually comes up in the Bible a lot. And if you think they talk about it in church a lot, well, they don't compared to the Bible. <laughs> Jesus talked about money a whole lot, around 2,000 verses in the New Testament. And uh, people accuse the church of you know, being money hungry. Uh, Jesus talked about money, but he, no one was giving Jesus money. That was not him like building his own platform of money. They were tithing to the temple and the Pharisees. like They were getting all this money that he kept saying, make sure you keep giving the church money. Keep giving your money to God. Jesus didn't benefit from that. And the church does not benefit in many cases. Some people are messed up. But for a large part, the church does not benefit from being fed all kinds of money. But Jesus talks about it a lot. Like I said, 2,000 verses or so, uh, around half of his parables, which God, or Jesus talked 
He taught through stories called parables, and about half of those were centered around money. The only thing Jesus talked more about was the kingdom of God, uh, and that's a pretty big deal. I think that you can give that one to be the most thing that Jesus talked about. But the second is money, which tells me that it's very, very important, that God sees our money as important, and we need to know uh, what he thinks about money, how he views money, because it's important. There's a Southern Baptist preacher and author named Adrian Rogers, and he said this, a faith that hasn't reached your wallet probably hasn't reached your heart. And that's what God, that's how God sees money. It's, it's a path to your heart. So this is, it's based on a verse in the Bible, Matthew 6, 21. It says, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. God wants your heart. God, he's not ultimately after making you broke. Like, that's not his purpose. He just knows, he commands us to give because he knows that when we put our wallet on the altar, when we give up money, he knows that he's on track to getting through to us. He's on track to getting our heart because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. God wants your heart. I read about a children's lesson on on tithing, because this is an important thing that I don't think you can talk about too early. You can probably talk about money too much, but you can't talk about it too early. And there was a Sunday school teacher that said this, um, when you get up in the morning, you put on your socks and then your shoes. I want you to like have this image forever. I got some pictures. Because you're like, what do socks and shoes look like? Boom. Socks and shoes. In the morning, you put on your socks and then your shoes. In the same way, God comes before money. You wouldn't put your, your, your shoe on first and then your sock. That would be silly. In the same way, boom, God comes before money. So, so these are just pictures that can maybe trigger uh, when you think about God and money. Think about you know the sock comes before the shoe. In the same way, God comes before money. It's, I mean, it's easy to mess that up, though, right? Like, that's easier said than done. Um, if you've lived for much time and you've had, like, a little bit of money, you know how quickly you can, like, guard that money with everything in you, right? Like, you don't defend your faith as as strictly as you defend your wallet. People, like, carry their wallet in their front pocket. Have you heard that? You don't put it in your back pocket because somebody might take it, right? Nobody is that concerned about their faith, as, as concerned as they are about their money. It's so easy to put your money before your God. So to start off, we're going to talk about, like I said, these three Ps. Uh, and the first is portion. Um, what is the portion of my money that God wants, and why does that matter? Now, first, I want to say there's a difference between tithes and offerings. And if you're a church person, you've probably heard those two words. And they are two words because they mean... Are two different things. Tithes and offerings are two very distinct different things. Uh, we'll talk about offering a little bit later, but offering is beyond the tithe. It's above the tithe. We'll talk about it later, but the tithe is the minimum. That's what God has commanded us to give, and that's what we're going to talk about mostly tonight. Tithe is the 10% of, the, of your income that you give to God. 10% of your income that you give to the church. Now, the word tithe, it means tenth or 10%, a tenth. Um, so that 10% portion was established with Abraham. It was reaffirmed with Jacob. It was commanded by Moses. It was confirmed by Malachi and then reconfirmed by Jesus. This is not one verse that we base this idea on. I have references there on a slide for you for all of those situations uh, for Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Malachi, and Jesus. Um, this is all throughout the Bible. This represents so much of the Bible. 
Because this is not a one-time thing that God said. This is all throughout, and that shows us the consistency, that this is something for us. So let's look at Matthew 23, 23, when Jesus is talking about this. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees were like the people in charge of the church. They were probably like the pastors uh, equivalent at the time. Um, They were like the Jewish pastors, so it was a little bit different, but that's the situation. So Jesus says this to them. Pharisees, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. I don't have very much of those things, mint, dill, and cumin. Um, but apparently the Pharisees had like a bunch of it. And so Jesus is saying here, so like after he says this, he like tells them a bunch of stuff they're doing wrong. But before he does that, like a good leader, he gives them some like a pat on the back, right? Before he goes like and tells them how they're messing up. He's like, guys, look at you. You take your mint, dill, and cumin, and you have given the church, you've given the body, you've given God 10%. Attaboy. Jesus gave him a quick attaboy before he told him all the things he was doing wrong. But let's focus there on that first half of that verse. He says, you did this right. 10%, you're doing it, well done. All throughout the Bible, that 10%, that tenth, that tithe goes to God. And people may argue with this. They'll call it all out of date. They'll say that's just Old Testament stuff. But like we see it here in the New Testament. It's all throughout the Bible. And that's how we know that it is for us. People also say they can't afford to tithe. And uh, there's a little flaw in that. So it sounds reasonable, but there's a problem. And we'll talk about it. The the problem is you can afford anything. I had a professor in college put it to me this way. I can have anything, but I can't have everything. So like if I quit eating for like a year, I could probably buy a new car. You with me? <laughs> I can have anything, but I have to prioritize because I can't have everything. And actually, last year, um, I said, when, when we talked about this, it was about a year and a half ago, I said, I can have an Apple Watch if I just don't eat this month. And here I am today with an Apple Watch, so that's a little out of date. <laughs> but you get my point, right? Does that make sense? You can. Ha- does that make sense? Give me a little head shake action if it does. Okay, because <laughs> I thought I was losing you. You can have anything, but you can't have everything. It's about priorities, because if you say that you can't afford to tithe, it means you ran out of money before you decided if you should tithe or not. You've made a mistake, because the Bible says that your tithe, it calls it your first fruits. Yeah, the, here's the verse in Proverbs 3.9. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the God with your money, with the first fruits of your crops. It's also in Nehemiah 10.35. It's also in Ezekiel 44.30, just to name a few. Um, but the, the Bible is much a, a farming culture in a lot of situations. And so when it talked about your tithe, you weren't like given a piece of your paycheck because you just grew your own food. So you gave a 10% of your crop's yield. And so uh, that principle that applied to their crop applied to my income. 10% goes to God. The first fruits means that my tithe is my number one priority. I can't run out of money before I get to my tithe if the first place that my paycheck goes is to the church. That's how I had it set up as a recurring thing on my phone or on, my, on the internet. So where like as soon as I get a paycheck, uh, money goes straight to Jesus because that's the first place that my money needs to go. Now, I can't run out of money before my tithe if my tithe is the first thing that I take care of. Your first 
10%. So what does that mean for you? If you're a student in here and you have a job and you've been working for some time and you are tithing, you're doing a great job. Keep doing it. If you're not tithing, for the Bible tells me so, get to it. We can talk about it. If you have further questions, talk about it in your small groups. Uh, but get to it because God has commanded us to give him 10%, not because he just needs our money, but because he wants our hearts. And here's the thing. If you're not working, you don't have a job, you say, this doesn't apply to me. Do not check out because luckily you're getting this stuff before you even have a job, before it applies to you. You don't have to mess up for years and then feel bad about it and fix it. You can just do it right out of the gate. So if you're not working, hang on to this information. It will be helpful. We've talked about the portion that God wants. So now we're talking about the place that God wants us to take it. We've talked about, we said storehouse, we said church, body, whatever. So let's dig into that a little better. Malachi 3.10 says this, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be fresh food in my house. What's a storehouse? Now again, we're in a farming culture at the time that the Bible was written. So their paycheck was... Whatever crops they got from their fields, uh, or whatever um, leather they got from their livestock, or whatever minerals they got from a mine, like there was much more. There wasn't like paper money floating around. There was a little bit, but primarily your income was from stuff you grew or made yourself. So for us, that's a paycheck. So at the storehouse at the time would have been the temples. They would have taken like I just picture a wheelbarrow full of tomatoes. I'm sure not everyone had tomatoes or a wheelbarrow, but that's how I picture it. Just like a line of people with a wheel barrel full of tomatoes, taking it to the temple, because that was the storehouse. Um, and these crops, they would use the tithe at the time to feed the, the priests, and it would feed uh, people that were in need. It would go to like upkeep for the temple itself. That's where the money would go, toward the church building and, and facilities and stuff the church was doing. So outreach, you know, and you can maybe start to see how this applies to what we're doing. My storehouse is Harvest. This church is my storehouse. It's my home church. It might be your home church. It might not be. Um, but your home church, your storehouse is the place that you're getting fed the most. And that's a Christianese term, getting fed. And that just means you're growing spiritually, where you meet with Jesus the most where you feel like um, you're being poured into the most. You're developing, you're growing spiritually the most. That uh, through the Bible, through worship, through Christian friendships and fellowship. Harvest is my storehouse. For some of you it is, and for some of you it isn't. If primarily you're being fed at Harvest, your storehouse is here, and that's where you need to bring your tithe, to this church, to Harvest. Um, maybe you're primarily being fed at a different church. You go to a different church on Sunday, like your family attends a different church. That's where you're going to take your tithe. Maybe you're primarily fed at Apex. Um, if that's the case, let's talk because that's not the case with most, most of you in this situation, but it's out there. Um, because our offering goes to speed the light, so you got to be careful with this that plate <laughs> that starts there, uh, because that goes to a different place. We want to make sure that that's being taken care of properly. Um, so if harvest is your storehouse, you can't be giving to the, the offering in this room because that goes to a different place. You need to maybe set up an online donation or take a check on Sunday morning with you, that kind of thing. You tithe to where you're being fed. People will say they have a special deal worked out with God, right? Have you ever heard this? Like, I have a special, listen, I talked to God, he said it was cool. They say, I attend a church, I'm being fed at a church, but I feel led to take my tithes to a charity, or to to tithe to a different church, or a different ministry, or something like that. People say that all the time. Uh, they say, God has told them to, to do that, so it's okay, and no one can say anything, and it's over. Um, 
Or they'll say, God has told me I don't have to tithe. Like, or maybe this season of my life, I'm not making enough money, so God said, uh, God said it was cool with it, I don't have to tithe. Or I can tithe 5%, which isn't a tithe, because the word tithe means 10%, etc., etc. Uh, I'm going to be a little blunt with you, so just like take it, you know me well enough to know that I'm not mean. But like this is rationalization for not obeying God. Like the, the God speaks to us. We believe that the Holy Spirit dwells in us, that God speaks to us and tells us things. Here's the thing. When you think you hear something for God, the first place you go to check is your Bible. And so if God says you only need to give 8%, if you hear that from God, you go to your Bible and you go, tithe, tithe, 10%, mint, cumin, dill, tithe for 10% over and over again. You're like, okay, God is not telling me 8% because the word of God, the only thing that we know for certain is from God, says 10%. If God is, if you believe God has told you something that is in disagreement with the Bible, I'm here to tell you, check again. He didn't say that because he would not contradict his word. And I don't think people are doing that to like get out of anything. I think they're just misled. If you believe that you're being told something, you check the Bible first. Imagine like going to Burger King and you order a, a Whopper and they like have your their food, your food in the bag. And they're waiting for you to pay. And you're like, no, 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 just give it here. I'm going to go pay at McDonald's. I just feel like, I feel led to just pay somewhere else. Like that's not how it works. <laughs> like where you're being spiritually developed, this is another thing. You don't tithe somewhere else. God has said you bring your tithe to the storehouse in your community. Uh, at the time that was, you know, cultural. You just went to the church you could walk to. But for us, whatever church you're going to, your storehouse, your the place of being spiritually fed is where you bring your tithe. So what does that mean for you? If you're tithing to Harvest or to another church, uh, great job. Keep doing that. If you're tithing where you're not being spiritually fed, fix that. God isn't upset. He's today talking through me, <laughs> telling you to fix it. It's super easy. If you're not tithing, like we just talked about, start to tithe where you're being fed. Again, if you're not working, this stuff's important to know. Tuck it away. Remember it. So we talked about the portion of our money um, that God wants us to give and the place he wants us to take it. But now we should talk about the purpose. What does God want our money for? And here's the thing. God doesn't need your money on account of he's God and can just like print more money if he needs it. (laughs) Right? You know that like fish and bread thing he did in the Bible? He could do that with the church's bank account. And he has. (laughs) And like he doesn't need your money per se. He just print more like the government does. But he doesn't. (laughs) Is that too political? I feel like that was okay. Um, He doesn't need your money, but he wants your money because it's a pathway to your heart. That's his ultimate goal, is to get a hold of your life. He wants to radically change everything in your life, and he does that by getting a hold of your wallet. Because like that verse said, Matthew 6.21 says, where your treasure is, there also your heart will be. He's calling us our treasure, our wallet, our purse, our money, so that he can get a hold of our heart. That's the idea. Also, it's all God's to begin with. Like, we're, there's this word in the Bible, steward, and that just means, like, you're, like, taking care of stuff that isn't yours. God calls us, we're a steward of this earth, because we're only here for, like, a bleep, a blip on the radar. We're not here for, bleep is not what I meant to say, <laughs> self-censoring. Um, we're here for a blip on the radar. We are here for a moment. We are stewards of the money that comes through our path. We're stewards of our families, of our friends and relationships, and we are Stewards of our money. That's what God calls us stewards. Everything is ultimately his. 
language that I've heard used is, uh, your tithe is when you give 10% back to God. Because he gave you the whole check to begin with. You give 10% back. And there's three classifications here where you could be. You could say, one, it's all mine and God can't have it. Two, it's all mine, but I'm going to give God the 10% he's asked for. And three... It's all his, and so I will freely and cheerfully give the 10% that God has asked for. And if you have that attitude, there's a really good chance you're going to give more than that 10%. That's a hard place to get. Like, that's going to take some growing with Jesus to get to that place. But that's ultimately what we're aiming for. It's all his, so I'm going to freely give him the 10% he's asked and offering above that, which is, again, we'll, we'll talk about more. So what does that mean for you? If you're tithing or if you're not, I want you to look at it right the, the right way. Those three classifications. Get yourself to number three. See it as it's all his. You're just, just taking care of it for a little while. And you give him what is his, the little piece back that he's asked for. We talked about the portion, the place, and the purpose of giving our money to God. But mostly we talked about tithing, like I said. So I want to get to this whole offering idea, the plus section. So what is plus? And like I said here, we, we take an offering, and all of that money is for speed the light. Your tithe goes to the storehouse. That goes to the church that as you're, you're being spiritually fed. And uh, they do that with that, what they see fit, to upkeep the temple, to feed the priests, to do outreach just like they did in the Bible. That's the same way it works today. Um, our offering in here is stuff that we give beyond the 10% that we give from our paycheck. We give beyond 10%. Uh, and in this room, our offering goes to Speed the Light, which is a missionary organization that helps the, um, people all over the world that God has called to different countries. They call them missionaries. And they are talking about Jesus everywhere. They're bringing the good news because I believe that God has changed my life and made it way better. And so what they're doing is taking that uh, that good news that Jesus can, can change your life for the better and taking it to people all over the world, the countries I'll never be. And they use these three things for Speed the Light. Um, let me just read the, this is from their website. The concept is simple. We give so others can speed the light of the gospel to a world in darkness. This is accomplished by providing the essential transportation and creative communication equipment for missionary evangelism. Additionally, they've added compassionate demonstration to that list. So we have essential transportation. So missionaries like get a plane ticket, but they need to get around in the country. So Speed the Light buys them a car. Or if they're in Alaska, uh, a snow machine, snowmobile. If they're in the desert, maybe they get a camel. They have tra- essential transportation needs funded by Speed the Light. The second one is of creative communication. So if they are you know, doing kids' ministries, maybe they need some puppets. Or if they're doing... You know, street outreach, maybe they need a stage or a sound equipment, or maybe they just need Bibles, like creative communication. Uh, all of that comes from, well, not all of it, but Speed the Light can give toward those situations. And the third, compassionate demonstration. Uh, compassion ministry is just when people are hurting, you have compassion for them and you fill their needs. So people that uh, Speed the Light missionaries are reaching out to homeless people who can't afford to eat. So maybe Speed the Light can step in and meet that need. Or a natural disaster. Speed the Light can step up and be a part of the um, restoration process after that. We in here give to Speed the Light every week, but that's in uh, addition to the tithe that we bring to the storehouse. Like I said, harvest in many of our cases. We need students to have a burden for missions. Um, we, as adult leaders, can only do so much. So we need like students to step up and say, "This is God has put this on my heart to give to Speed the Light, to give, to provide money to missions. And so you, God will give you creative ways to do that. If you're here a couple of years ago, Sam and I, um, we, we stood on a scale in front of the whole church. <laughs> so that was weird. Um, and then 
three months later, we stepped on the scale again, and for every pound that we lost, people in the church sponsored us a certain dollar amount. And we raised thousands of dollars for Speed the Light. And I'm not bragging, but I'm saying God dropped that idea in my head. And he said, this is something that you could do. And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then later, like like a month later, he was like, here's something you can do. And so I was like, okay, I guess. So I talked to Sam about it, and she was like, Definitely. And then I talked to like Pastor Ray about it, and he was like, that would be amazing. You should definitely do that. Uh, and God brought us to that situation, and he does that for you. He speaks to you. He gives you creative ideas to raise money for Speed the Light. But the thing is, you got to run with it. Like you got to put your time and effort into that stuff. If God's given you the burden, you got to make it happen. And we need people like you to take up that burden. Um, if God has called you to do it, I know he can do something big through you. He can raise all kinds of money. Maybe you raise 100 bucks. Do you know how much that can do for a missionary in, a different, in another country? Like They need whatever they can get, and you can be a part of that story by listening to God's call. There have been several challenges here tonight as we talked about money. Uh, we have about six minutes after here, but I do want to do small groups, so I'm going to wrap this up quickly. We've had several challenges to give back 10% to God because it's a... Uh, it's all his to begin with. Give back 10% to God. Um, to give 10% to the correct storehouse where you're being spiritually developed. Um, again, talk to me later with questions if you're wondering where your storehouse is. Um, and then we, we talked about viewing our money the correct way. It, it was, it's all God's to begin with. He's only asked for 10% back. So I'm going to cheerfully give that and probably more through offering. Um, and we talked about Speed the Light and how you can be a part of doing something huge for God through giving to Speed the Light. If you're a church person, this money important, this money stuff is so important. I don't know, I just skipped half the words in that sentence. Um, this money stuff is really important because Jesus talked about it over and over again. Again, not because he was getting money fed to him, but because he knew that the way to your heart is through your wallet. Make adjustments. I can help you. Your small group leader would love to answer questions about how you can make adjustments to your paycheck to get it right the way God wants it to be. If you're not a church person, you should know um, that we don't talk about money every single week. Because <laughs> some people will walk into a church thinking that the church only talks about money. Uh, so if it's your first time, do not think that. We do not talk about money every week. What we do talk about is the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. We talk about that in some shape or form every week. And that's the heart of what we're getting at. He wants to get a hold of your wallet so he can come into your heart, so he can change your life, because he loves you. He loves you so much that when uh, when we sin and separate ourselves from him, he wouldn't have it. So he sent his son Jesus, he came to earth to die in our place, to suffer the, 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 the punishment for sin in our place, so that we could be reconciled with him. That's the bottom line. That's why God wants our money, so he can show his love to us in a bigger and better way. And money is important to God. He uses it to get a hold of your heart. That's the bottom line. Money is important to God, not because he needs your, your nickels and dimes, because he wants to get a hold of your heart, and he can do that through money. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice on the cross, for your love for us, God. And um, help us to stay focused on who you are, how good you are. And one of the ways that we can stay focused is by giving you control of our money, giving you control of our wallet. So God, I thank you um, that we can have this reminder tonight, and I pray you help us to put that into action, to get it right. That Not that you're angry, but you do want us to get it right. So God, I pray that those with questions would ask those questions and uh, have those conversations with people that, are, that care about them and care about bringing them closer to you, God. So help us to get that right, to get our money right 
so that we can just open ourselves up more and more to you through the way we handle our money. Help us, God. Guide our conversation tonight. Uh, It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.